everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program. Boy, have we got a show for yous. This is, this is a show I've been waiting for for a very long time. And then we had what I'll call a convergence. Do you know what that is, Aaron? Bum, bum, bum. Something like that. Not even close. Oh, okay. Uh, Adjoining. Adjoining of two kind of events. A marriage. Actually, it was a convergence of about five, a mowage. It was a mowage of five different things. Not really. Father's Day, uh, NBA Finals. Oh. Mm -hmm. Today's guest, I'm going to hold off, tell you who it is. Huge. Hockey Finals. Huh? Hockey Finals. The, the L.A. Kings beat the Rangers. Come no, on. totally true, totally true. And for one like you who loves hockey, if you were that would have been part of the convergence, but it wasn't part of my convergence. I'm hockeyless in my convergence because I, I, yeah. I don't watch hockey. I don't understand it. And as a young man, I walked into a hockey locker room and it smelled horrible. Mm-hmm. And I so since then I've always thought I don't. Like the smell. What about that World Cup, Matt? You watching that? Yes, I was going to say. I am USA coming up right now. Yeah. Oops. Hmm. Somebody help Sean. That was Sean screaming in the corner. I think he bumped his toe. Okay. Oh yeah. He did the ole, ole. I bumped my toe. Hey, uh, got a great show. But so here's the deal. I'm sitting there last night enjoying uh, my my foot massage, my Father's Day foot massage. Uh Oh. Actually, cashed in on that. That's a lie. Uh, I never got that. Oh. But I should have. Mm. I was promised. There's always your birthday. The yeah, there's always my birthday in May. That's next year. <laughs> we'll get it now. Well, there's always Christmas. Christmas. And Thanksgiving. But that's about the kids, right? I pretty much ask for it every holiday. Never get it. But it doesn't matter. Uh, and I'm celebrating and I'm enjoying the basketball game. And lo and behold, I'm so glad the Spurs won. Me too. Because part of the convergence is... That's awesome. I used to have a very, uh, very good little red-headed leprechaun friend that used to run the board like Juan now for this mm. month. Mm-hmm. I think I know who you're talking about. Who, do you, who, who is I it? I think it's, it's that Sky Toy. It's Sky Boy. Sky Toy? Not a toy. Oh, boy. Sky Boy. His name is Sky oh, Boy, okay. and Sky used to love the Spurs, still yeah. loves the Spurs. He and was... Sky's from Iowa. Yeah. No connection. San Antonio, really? Yeah, none at all. I think his dad may have gone to med school there or something. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I, I thought Skyboy, that little redheaded cherub, <laughs> because that's exactly <laughs> really what his body looks like. Right I know now. he's not, but he doesn't listen anymore. But he'll pay. He'll pay he for will. it. He will. He'll have. So somebody text him and say we're talking about he you. He was on all over yesterday. On I bet Facebook. he was freaking out, spurs, wasn't he? Spurs. Yeah, because yeah, he used to laugh of... about the jazz. Yeah, which oh. I found rude because the jazz are struggling. And we fell in love with it and loved the Spurs. Loved that they won. I think that's way cool. You know, just great. Great win. Yeah, it was pretty epic. Then I'm sitting there thinking, little cherub sky boy aside, cute little redhead. Uh, today's guest, Gail, Gail Miller. Gail Miller is the owner of the Utah Jazz. 
Oh, snap. Booyah. Awesome. Booyah. Awesome. She's incredible. That's awesome. And her husband, Kim Wilson, will be mm. joining us. Wow. Gail's husband, Larry Miller, is the one that brought the jazz from New Orleans to Utah. That's, I mean, a lot of people don't like associate jazz with Utah. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. true. Few people do. They were going to call it like the, the Utah Mormon Tabernacle Choir team. That name was taken next See, day. and that's associated with Utah, <laughs> but not the jazz. Mm-hmm. So Larry Miller, very smart, brought it here and then has built a multi, multi-billion dollar enterprise. Booyah! I think I bought my car from one of his dealerships. He, like so 52 dealerships. I'm basically his good friend now, and I guess. Gel, gel, you, well, yeah. Yeah. You're his Probably great his cars. friend. Right. You probably you probably paid to have his lawn mowed, <laughs> which I think That's is comforting. But Gail is running the show now. She's the boss. Yeah. She's in charge. And you know what? They haven't dropped. They haven't dropped anything. They're rocking like crazy. Hmm. Gail is doing it. And Gail and her Gail and her husband Kim are going to be talking to us about um, their marriage. Wow. I mean, how weird is That's that? You're this cool. iconic member in you person in Utah. This. This society, high society kind of person, but really not. Just a very down to earth person. And now you're getting married. I mean, I mean, it's married two years ago, really. I think uh, powerful. So we're talking to her. We're talking about sharing wow. your life today. So, but here's the deal. We're talking about sharing in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. Sharing, you know, eventually finding a partner to share your life with, like okay. Gail and Kim. Right. Also, sharing your life on Facebook mm-hmm. because people still don't get that. No. They, um. It's, not at all. They, like, not at all. So Aaron's been researching it because he's preparing to get married, and he's trying to figure out how to share all of the events at, around his surrounding his wedding with everyone that doesn't care. Exactly. Well, hmm. that's the thing, too. And now that you mentioned it, getting married, some people actually do joint Facebook accounts. Have you heard of that? Yeah, When yeah. they get married? Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of interesting. But on that same note, there's mommy bloggers who blog yeah. about their lives. Mm-hmm. I guess there's they're huge dad bloggers, family bloggers. Yeah, there's sorts. like six dad bloggers, and there's like <laughs> two billion mommy bloggers. There's a ton. Um, one thing that's important though is when you're posting, make sure you realize who you're posting it to on your privacy settings. Sometimes you want something to your family, or you can make groups on Facebook. Oh. If you want it to specific amount of people, make sure you change that. And on the flip side too, don't accidentally <sighs> block someone. Like my dad did, he he was like, hey, "Why have you liked or commented on me, any of my posts the past month?" <laughs> and it's because he blocked me and my brother, so we were no the only way. ones who couldn't. See. He was trying to like tag us, yeah, yeah, and he, and he blocked blocked you. both of us. Did you go check the status? And it says, yeah, it said, like, "No longer parenting." <laughs> <laughs> no longer in love with my boys. Exactly. It was so funny. Were you scared? You were scared. Like, I was like, oh, "What's wrong with that?" He doesn't talk to me. He talks to me on Facebook, and I haven't got a post from him, so he must not love me anymore. You called the police, and you said, "We yeah. need a wellness visit for my father, <laughs> who's no longer so, answering me on Facebook." By the way, I don't like Facebook anymore. No. What it's do you, what do you, you use? LinkedIn, though, right? Is I do. Like but, a new Facebook? Well, Facebook ticks me off because huh. my site, my we were rocking it, changing the world with quotes, doing all this stuff, having tons of success, and then they went in and changed my status. Mm. You got hacked. I got. I done got Facebook communized. Oh, I don't know if that's the word. I don't know what you call that, it. But they went in good. and they said they basically turned me into a community instead of a business. Which changed uh. all my rules, all my sorting, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's because we were rocking their world. And they probably would like, it, like us to pay for it. I think it's a communistic ploy. And so I'm having Juan, who's not an attorney, but knows a bunch of them, 
to start asking questions. Juan, will you go Why start? Why ask questions? Just ask one question. Well, ask. Not as an attorney, just as right. oh, somebody okay. who knows people that are attorneys. Okay. A- ask a question. Any question? Right now, even ask it. Uh, why is the sky? No, ask a question germane oh. to the case. <laughs> okay. Well, how can they do that? Bingo. That's where we're starting. Because Mark Zuckerberg, he was like, I don't that Matt Townsend guy in Utah, he's bugging oh, me. Oh wait, probably gotta, because he signed away your rights. It's because Mark Zuckerberg wanted to be my friend, and I yeah. I didn't accept him. Oh, that's why. And he was ticked. Fatal move. Fatal move. Always accept. You didn't Mark RSVP Zuckerberg. to his wedding, did you? <laughs> Shame on him, Matt. He wants to be on the show, not having him. Even Josh. if he wants to, well, I, if he wants to, I'd have him. Yeah, yeah, you would. Yeah, that's nice of you, Matt. <laughs> I forgive very easily, but so so Facebook so, irritates yeah. me. Yeah, well, and then when people post things, make sure you share the best moments. My dad at my sister's wedding a month ago. Oh no, I'm getting married like a month and a half, two months apart from my sister, which oh, is nuts, man. not expected. That's but, scary because that's competition. Because you I know, know mm-hmm. you probably won't do it like she did it. it it's going to be different because it won't be as pretty. It won't smell as great. Well, because I'm there, yeah, you know. Well, you're having yours at a barn. <laughs> that How do you know, Matt? I've heard. I've got the invite. Holler. Yeah. I'm, I'm going. So what, what's the deal? What did dad, what's, what did dad share well, that he, he probably Well, he was taking videos and pictures the whole time yeah. and instead of enjoying the moment. And so I think often we'll want to like share our best moments of our lives uh-huh. with people, whether mainly on social media if we have a cell phone. So we'll be snapping pictures away, but we'll forget to actually enjoy the actual moment. Like if we're there with a the camera the whole time, my dad came out and like all the pictures yes. that the photographer took holding, and he was holding his phone and like all the pictures. Are made, except for like 20% of them. That's so, sad. And he felt so bad. Well, there's research on that, right? Have you, do you have research on that? There's research that says people are forgetting the most important events of their life mm-hmm. because they're spending so much time Taking pictures and posting them. They're documenting them, but they're so, not living right. them. And by not living them, they don't get deeply ingrained into your system. Yeah. And let me just, again, I'm not really skilled at any of this, hmm. but let me give you some advice. Yeah. People love hundreds of pictures posted one at a, one at a time. Just feed <laughs> up, just, just fill the entire feed. Uh, they love yeah. it. Oh, you I mean like at the, within yeah. 10 minutes have the wall flooded? Yeah. With pictures, Instagram too, but that don't don't do idea, one Matt. and then like don't do one, but then sh- put all of your pictures on that one. No, one at a time. Post one picture at a time. So or you're just pink. Just Matt Townsend bink, for the next three hours. Pink. Just pictures of you with your dad holding his phone. Pink. And the like five copies of the exact same photo <laughs> that are, like bink. millimeters apart because they were just bink. rapid fire yeah. taken right there. I, now you're not over this, Aaron, but because I know Maddie. She's going to tell us what we not shouldn't to, to post. touch on this, but yeah. But she'll tell us, but I'm pretty uh-huh. sure that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Because we'll let you think yeah. that. You, know, yeah. you should do that right now during break. I, try, I try actually post would. Some pictures, but see what happens to your friend friend count. Yeah. It's actually sad because I'm in charge of my, um, I'm in charge of my Instagram, uh-huh. which is, I also call Instacare. Uh-huh. And, um, it's two it's words. They're so different. close. That's they're clever. So, they're so yeah. close. They're, they're close. Yeah. One's like, yeah. One's a medical organization and one's not yeah. um but i i only have a few instagram i have i have a hard time putting a picture making a whatever instagram it, meme and sending yeah it, it takes some time. it takes planning it shouldn't but it should people who care like really want to make it look good yeah it's kind of funny so um narcissism at its best social media that's it social media they're just everyone's into themselves just sharing 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 but you're not supposed to Except for your pictures. And somebody get that phone, will you? 
Sorry. Hey, we're taking a break, but when we come back, we're in the big city now, folks. This is it. Owner of the Utah Jazz, Gail Miller, is going to be joining us. Gail and her husband, Kim Wilson, are going to talk about sharing life together. Two people, partners died. They decide to merge and create a partnership. Gail and Kim, married. They're going to talk about their life, teach us about love and sharing right here on the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are honored with a very, very special uh, couple. Really, uh, as a just a typical guy from Utah, love the Utah Jazz. Love them. And uh, many of you out there may not know, you know, the whole story about the Jazz. But, you know, Utah's a small market, small little market. And years, many moons ago, this this uh, very aggressive entrepreneur named Larry Miller uh, decided we're going to get the jazz, the Utah Jazz. We're going to get a jazz, the, the, the Utah a franchise, a basketball franchise. They found one. I won't get into the details. Maybe we'll get into it with Gail. But uh, the reality is the jazz come to Utah, change a lot of stuff here in this state, Start creating a movement of good and of power, especially, interestingly, fiscally, um, powerful, powerful financial organization, not just the Jazz, but the Larry Miller Group, which is now comprised of about 80 businesses and properties operating in 46 states, employing nearly 10,000 people, which includes about 52 automobile dealerships and more than 100 apparel uh, retail stores, 17 movie theater complexes, the Utah Jazz, the Salt Lake Bees, Energy Solutions Arena, Miller Sports Park, television stations, radio stations. They're huge. They're the real deal. $4.5 billion in revenue, $2.5 billion in assets because of a family, the Miller family. And so we are honored uh, to have on the phone with us Karen Gell Miller who is the owner and chairman of the board of the Larry H. Miller Group of Companies. And Karen, also mostly known as Gail, uh, Larry ended up dying a few years ago of diabetes and, and, other, and other issues. And in the end, um, they've created a really powerful story, I think, of sharing your life with another person. And uh, part of that other – the equation was a man named Kim Wilson – Kim is a senior lawyer at Snow, Christensen, and Martineau. He's a commercial litigator. Uh, He's also been a chairman many years for the Utah State Bar of its Ethics and Discipline Committee. Um, More importantly, though, Kim uh, lost his wife a few years ago as well. And Kim and Gail lived in the same neighborhood. And in the Mormon church, uh, you know, you, you have a neighborhood kind of church. You have... People from your neighborhood or your greater neighborhood area, maybe your city, depending on how many uh, members of the church are in that area, all go together into one congregation. It just so happened that Gail Miller and Kim Wilson were in the same congregation for many, many years, and now they've married each other, and we're honored to have them on the phone. Gail and Kim, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. 
Thank you, Matt. It's nice to be with you. We, it is nice. We are so honored uh, to have you. And this all comes about from an article that was in the Salt Lake Tribune, no, uh, Deseret News, many moons ago, really. Well, I guess it was March. Is it that soon? I thought this was years ago. Um, but it's, it's an article by Doug Robinson, Gail, where she's basically she, – where he announced that you, you're married. Su- right. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Now well, you... it wasn't total shock. We, yeah. we, uh, we've been married two years now, yeah. so um, it's kind of public knowledge here. Yeah. Well, and so what I wanted to, to really have you guys teach us is just talk about the story. Talk about because uh, how your lives merged and then Kim's uh, and the care that took place with Kim's wife. And just the understanding, and then just to hear this transition of your love, for me, is fascinating. Um, and, and this is, I guess, where I want to begin. Jazz oh, owner, here, here's what I need to know. Last night, San Antonio Spurs, I'm assuming you're just sitting there soaking it in. What, what does Gail Miller do as she watches the NBA Finals? Well, as you know, yesterday was Father's Day. Yes. So we had uh, family obligations dinner and didn't get to watch anything but the very last few minutes. Didn't you really? But it was quite a replay of the game before and the game before. So It was, wasn't it? Not sure we missed a whole lot. Yeah. You know what? I think you're right. And there's something special probably too, maybe, uh, in fact, obviously more special about celebrating fathers and, um, and maybe even celebrating Kim. Because between the two of you, you guys have quite a few kids, don't you? We have nine children and 34 grandchildren and eight great-grandchildren. Holy so, yes, cow. we have a large family. Yeah, so that you're busy. Even, that doesn't even include the in-laws that are married in. Oh, my heavens. Yeah. So talk about it. Talk about your lives um, and how, how you guys came to know each other. You were both caring for ill partners. Well, not in the beginning. Yeah. Um, we, I moved into Kim's neighborhood 17 years ago. He's lived in this area for 34, 35 years. So huh. I'm the newcomer. Uh, <laughs> the newbie. And I got to know him. You know, we you just get to know people in the ward. Yeah. So we were friends. I knew his wife, knew his kids, worked with them in church assignments. And I'll let you tell, I'll let him tell you a little bit more. Yeah. Well, there's a little more to that than, uh, than Gail's explanation. Um, what? In our Mormon uh, community, our congregation, um, the the various organizations are staffed by laypersons, and uh, one of the organizations is the Relief Society. And um, shortly after Gail's moving in, uh, she was appointed the Relief Society president. She was really in charge of the women's organization. and Which is uh, a big obligation, right? That that group uh, just reaches out and and uh, lends aid and assistance wherever there is a need in the neighborhood, and that's where we developed a business relationship. Um, I I have uh, had at the time some teenage children. Uh, on one particular day, one of them came home and decided to uh, to cook some scones, and uh. all was fine until he left the the pan of hot oil burning on the stove when he left. Oh, no. uh, So our our family home burned, and uh, we, the Wilson family, have four children, and my 
a largely disabled wife were homeless, and um, and so we had six months when we rented a home in the neighborhood uh, while ours was being rebuilt. And guess uh, who the Relief Society president was and the person who uh, was required really to come in, step in, bring the resources of the neighborhood to bear and to lift my family. And uh, so Gal Miller Gail and I hmm. uh, developed that uh, sort of business relationship, and uh, she may want to share some perspective on that <laughs> because it wasn't. Uh, completely warm and fuzzy. Yeah, I heard that he's a tough, he's kind of, he wouldn't necessarily take the handout, would he, Gil? He was a very strong, independent, capable person, and he had things well under control. <laughs> but we felt like there were things we could do to help that family, and we kind of had to push our way in to do them, and I uh, just kind of had to lay the lawn down to him. So we are going to help. That's great. <laughs> and, and they did, and we were needy, and, uh, and so Gail reached out uh, to my uh, uh, family, uh, to my wife, and uh, and to the children, uh, probably in ways that were not really apparent to me. And, and it was a, a wonderful, sweet uh, expression. And uh, much later in life, uh, I learned all this as, as my children were able to express the, uh, the warmth to Gail because they knew her in oh, beautiful. a very sweet way. It's during, interesting, during, yeah. During a trying time, and then so we get, we got to know each other that way, and then uh, typically you serve about four years uh, in that calling, that position, and uh, so we got her on the front end, <laughs> and then a different child burned the same house down near oh. the end of her service, and so we went through it all over. Unbelievable! <laughs> I bet Gail was thinking, "Look, Kim." <laughs> Hard way to get attention. Yeah. If you want to talk to Larry and I, just come over and talk to us. <laughs> you do not need to keep burning your houses down. Yeah. Anyway, Gail and I knew each other on a, on a, on a unique and a business relationship arising from pretty, some pretty high-stress times. Well, it seems like a, almost a tender mercy because uh, it probably – I mean, sometimes these transitions of marrying later in life and trying to bl- uh, blend some of these families that are already established, it's not as easy, but – how could you not love Gail with all the service over the many years? Well, we did have an advantage that that his family um, knew mine, yeah, and, and we were familiar. And and the other thing that was an advantage was I knew Kim very well not not in the way that I do now, yeah. but at least I knew his heart and I knew he was a good person. And it took a lot of the guesswork out and a lot of the motivation uh, for dating. Yeah became very apparent. You knew his heart, too, I guess, because you had seen him taking care of a wife that had had diabetes her entire life, virtually, and then MS later in her life. So you saw that. Is that where the heart came out? Right. Yep. Very evident. When he knew your heart. I hope so. Yes, yes, I did. Yeah. So so we we were not uh, good friends, but we were neighbors. Yeah. We... um, and we knew, knew each other in those unique ways. I love that, because sometimes the romantic side would see, and that's where they, but you guys were very just clearly friends, not even thinking any other thought. You were just serving, taking care of each other. And it was really not until both of your partners had died, and, and Larry uh, died before uh, his, your wife, right, Kim? That's, that's right. Yeah. A year and a half or so before. Yeah. Oh, man. 
It's beautiful. Um, let's take a break. We're gonna we're gonna take a break. And when we come back, I want to hear more about uh, just getting married. I mean, because Kim, is, I think he has the perfect disposition just from everything I've read and heard to be able to handle this kind of hugely iconic Miller brand. And then, uh, and I also, Gail, I want to hear about your stewardship because you stepped up when Larry died, really with a mission, a purpose to, to own this stewardship. You've been given a beautiful gift to serve and change people's lives. And I think you're doing an incredible job. And Kim's right by your side. We'll get into that when we come back. We're talking more here with Gail Miller and uh, honestly, Kim Wilson as well. Can't forget Kim. Kim and Gail changing the world, moving on, but also taking care of each other, sharing their lives. Folks, there's hope. There's hope. When we lose someone we love, there is hope, and we can still find a lot of love by sharing our lives together. Taking a break on the Matt Townsend Show, back after this break. back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, awesome guest today. I'm telling you, just whenever you can get people that care and that are in position to change lives, boom, pretty powerful combination. Today joining us is Kim Wilson and Gail Miller. Gail Miller is the chairman of the board of the Larry H. Miller Group of Companies. Uh, Kim Wilson is an attorney. And uh, Gail and Kim have married each other uh, many moons ago now, and honestly, I think uh, just seem to be taking the world by storm. And um, I think fulfilling their responsibilities as as parents, grandparents, you know, moms, dads, and also to the community, giving back and uh, and sharing as as they've been set up to do. Now, Gail uh, Miller's husband, Larry Miller, was the original founder. Of this now $4.5 billion revenueing organization with employing 10,000 people. And uh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And one of the things that I remember reading about um, is this idea that uh, Gail and Larry share this idea of what's called stewardship, that they see their money not just as party time, not just as a way to, you know, live the big life, but as a stewardship. So, Gail, will you talk about that a little bit? Sure. It's not just the money, but the whole process. We started in business in 1979 with our first dealership, and right from the very beginning we understood that we had something bigger than we were Hmm. and that our success, even though Larry was brilliant, our success was largely due to the fact that we knew that we were given many tools and many opportunities that not very many people get. And yeah. the reason we were was because we had the attitude of we would do good things with it. And so as doors opened and doors closed and our lives evolved, we we originally had no plans to become an empire, and some people call it an empire. Right. But our our plan was just to take care of our family and have security for the future, but Somehow, uh, as the doors opened and other opportunities came along, 
we realized that there there were things that we were going to be called on to do that needed to be done by people who were willing to understand stewardship. Mm. One of those was providing jobs for people. Right. I mean, that alone in this economy is big. There was that, and then there were um, other things that we could do that would make our communities better places to live. And And along the way, as we grew, we realized that it also threw off money that we could do good things with. But mm-hmm. we, for many, many years, didn't take the money out. We kept putting it back in the business so that it would be uh, have a good financial base. And when the when that was built and the money was able to be taken out, then we were able to do some significant giving and charity work that before that time we just were able to do small things. But now we're at a point where we're successful in a way that we never thought possible, but in order to um, in order to manage that success in a responsible way, we use the wealth to do good things with. Yeah. And luckily, neither Larry nor I ever coveted money. It wasn't something that we felt we had to hoard. Yeah, it was. It's not what you were after. Yeah. yeah. Right. It was just a report card, really, mm. a way of keeping score of how we were doing, and then. You know, doing good things is really a fun. We had a, a letter from a young man that we had donated some money to for a wheelchair, and and he wrote back and he said, your family must have a lot of fun doing good things because he had taken that opportunity. Had Actually, we gave him some money to do some things he wanted to do, and it was amazing what he did with the money. He did a lot of charity work and helped other people, even though he was handicapped himself, and those are the rewarding things. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, and that was kind of thrown in your lap as I was reading about it. You know, Larry, as as his life was uh, nearing an end, would be like saying, okay, babe, you got to step up. You got to step up. Um, did it? Did being kind of thrust into that role, what was that like? All of a sudden, I, you're the chairman of <laughs> this huge organization. Well, when you say being thrust into that role, that's, that's one person, you know, that's yeah. one viewpoint, but... Really, Larry and I were pretty well yoked all along as far as our goals and our desires. Where I was thrust into a limelight that was, it. was when he died because I was content always staying in the background mm-hmm. and letting him have all the kudos and do all the public PR work. But when he died, I realized, and I said this at the press conference, the night he died, I said, we will continue this legacy. And I yeah. knew that. I had he had asked me to be a bridge from him to the kids during the transition from in the business and so that kept me involved and then I knew that there would be roles that he was filling that I would need to fill such as the philanthropy and yeah other things that have come along so it I seem- learned that I really it's a lot of fun but it's not something I want to do forever right <laughs> it seems like uh, Kim gets it as well in in that article by Doug Robinson with Deseret News Kim says Larry couldn't have been Larry without Gail she was a rudder and it's not widely known but she's the smartest girl in the room she always is it's unacceptable for her not to understand everything about everything <laughs> she yeah, sees everything kind. She has an incredible capacity. Larry was a genius, and so is Gail in a different way. She's pretty easy to underestimate. She just always wanted to be a mom. That was good enough for her. She ironed, sews, made all of her own clothes forever. She knows how to get down and scrub the floors, and she loves it. She is, in many ways, just an ordinary woman. She sees herself as that. 
That's where she gets her joy. But she's been called upon to step out of that and assume this role as the lifeblood of the organization, and she really is. She's the glue. Wow, I should have read the article. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. Who, who wrote that? that, that that's really nice. <laughs> that's really nice. Isn't that beautiful? But Kim, but Kim you get... You you also now are this support as well, and it's and it's not Kim or Gail needs you, Kim, and you need Gail, and it wouldn't be the same without each other. Now, well, we have we have wonderful lives together. We have busy lives together. We have two busy lives, and we're not sure how we were able to merge those into one. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, we're both about lots of good things, and uh, we're supportive of one another's efforts, and uh, and frankly, we've just had joyful lives. Yeah. Well, it's really beautiful. Talk about the families, Kim, for a minute. How how are they handling it? I mean, I'm, I guess they don't have a choice, really. It's it's your life, right? So, but well, how... We didn't, really, we didn't really ask the kids. Yeah. Why get them involved? <laughs> <laughs> but but how did you merge this, Kim? You're an attorney. You, I'm sure, thought the, the easier way, the, the cleaner way. I mean, you still have to get the heads and the hearts connected, don't you? Well, uh, the, the human factors are uh, certainly great in, in these relationships. But uh, our, our children and our grandchildren are good people. And, um, and they're sweet to us, and they, they support us, and they desire us to have uh, joyful lives. And um, I'll tell you what, um, my uh, my children uh, pretty well love Gail. Do they? And, um, and who wouldn't? Yeah, how could they not? Surely. They haven't seen her on her bad day. Gail, do you ever have a bad day? Oh, yeah, I probably had one today. <laughs> hey, talk about it. Let's describe that for a minute. <laughs> I want to say a little thing about Kim first. Um, he's just such such an easy person to be around, and he's so comfortable being who he is, he doesn't have to try to be somebody else or live up to anybody else's expectations. And that's what I really love about him. He's mm. just who he is, and he's kind and generous and helpful and supportive. And he, he, I just can't say enough. It's it's nice to be able to have a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and with my other life, it was quite stressful and difficult to just take time to have fun. So we're learning how to play. and <laughs> You're traveling always, a lot. Yes, we're traveling. Kim's always worked hard, so we're both learning how to play, but we'll get there. Yeah. And we're having a lot of fun. We enjoy being together. So. Well, you're that a beautiful example. Oh, go ahead. What were you saying, Gal? No, I said that counts for a lot. Oh, so much. You're, and you really are a beautiful example, I think, to all of us. Um, in this concept of, of sharing each yourself and each other. I mean, and sharing, it's, again, the tender mercies that you were able to kind of know each other and even know each other's spouses. It's, there's something really beautiful about that. I want to take a break and, and come back. We'll talk more um, with uh, both of you. Gail Miller, Kim Wilson on the line. You know, love. Who would think you could just restart your, uh, your life after the death of your spouses? And, uh, you know, there's hope, folks. And there's hope that your family can get it. And, you know, be principled. Do what you got to do, but and be be where you need to be, and things will go well for you. Again, talking with Gail Miller from the Utah Jazz, the owner, come on, chairman of the Utah Jazz, and Kim Wilson, um, lawyer extraordinaire, but also, more importantly, Gail and Kim, partners. Partners in life. 
We're taking a break. More from the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, and today, guess what? We're talking about sharing your life with others. And who better to do that than two people that, you know, had families, had partners. Both of those partners partners were ill, ended up passing on. And these two found each other, actually knew each other as uh, casual friends Boom. year and a half later, started dating. A year later, married and uh, now building a life together. Really powerful example. Gail Miller and uh, Kim Wilson. Gail Miller is the owner of the Utah Jazz, chairman of the board of the Larry H. Miller Group of Companies. $4.5 billion under her stewardship. $2.5 billion in assets. $4.5 billion in revenues. Which, by the way, just saying that makes me sweat. And... um but then all the jobs, 10,000 people. And then Kim as well, a very successful attorney, a litigator, and, uh, you know, he just knows what he's doing. Interestingly, both of them uh, are in this in the community outreach, kind of cho- choosing to serve community, be involved in the community. And this was long before. In fact, this is how your first date took place, isn't it, kids? Uh, Kim needed a date to a to a, like a some dinner. Well, I uh, I was involved in a uh, nonprofit uh, corporation. Began life as Ensign Peak Foundation uh, uh, a little over twenty years ago, and it really is into historical preservation restoration. Hmm. And uh, and after my wife died, I had uh, significant responsibilities there, public responsibilities. So we had a dinner, at which we were giving our, an annual award to a uh, Noted uh, New York author Richard Bushman, yeah, and and uh, I needed a date, and Gail uh, and Larry were involved in the historical community as well, as uh, supporting the uh, the Joseph Smith Papers project. Yeah, ongoing. So we knew lots of the same people. I thought she'd be a date that might enjoy getting together, and uh, she probably would know as many people as I knew there. So, so she'd feel comfortable. Uh, she, she certainly uh, would have, and so she was a natural. And, That's great. Um, so I felt uh, comfortable inviting her to come along, and uh, gratefully she did. Did Gail? How how did you see the date? Were you like, okay, this is it? <laughs> this is all we're doing. <laughs> what was it like, Gail? No, I I understood what I was in for. I, <laughs> what I didn't understand was the future that came out of it. Yeah, I, because I. I don't think either one of us no. knew at the time what the future had to hold, and neither did we realize um, that we would date for a year before we got married. That's powerful, though. And it's just these little things, right? Big things can come out of the little things. Talk about, give, give us some advice. And I'm sure you're like, ah, we're not that, we don't want to advise. But you're doing it. You guys are successful. And I work with a lot of couples that are struggling, you know, trying to blend families at times or even second marriages. 
Um, I, I have a client even right now whose first wife died, and his new wife that knew his first wife, she she basically she can't get over. She doesn't think he should still have any feelings for the first spouse. And so teach us. How do you two do it? I, I know I read that you both probably shed tears over even just the the longing for your your old relationship, and yet you can still thoroughly enjoy your present one. Talk about that. Well, I, I think for us, we understood the sacredness of the covenants that we had made with our first spouse, and we realized that we could still have a life together and enjoy what we had left. So I think neither one of us had a problem with, you know, I mean, we we had to respect the fact that a whole lifetime had gone by before yeah. we joined families. And you can't just negate that. You have to accept and embrace that if you're going to have a relationship and get along and not not have hard feelings. But and that's part of who you are now, too, right? You don't want to get rid of that either because that's what makes you both so probably attractive to each other is what you've become. Oh, that's absolutely true. I, I know in Larry's book, I, I made the comment that luckily we didn't both want to divorce at the same time. But <laughs> one of the reasons I didn't want to divorce when he was looking at it was because I realized that there's a lot of baggage that would go with that. You have a history with yeah. your present spouse, and to deal with a new spouse, you, you, you can't just drop that. You have to deal with it. And That's it's so dealing true. with children and past events. But in this case, our children were grown, and we understood each other, and we knew that we were moving in a direction that would be joyful for both of us and, and respecting what our pasts were. Yeah. Kim, what do you see? What do you see as one of the keys that's contributing to such happiness today? Oh, my, you know, the serious part of our lives have all taken place. And and uh, so this is just a marriage that's founded on uh, on uh, sharing some joy. And uh, so what's not, uh, why is that not a recipe for success? Yeah, really. And, and enjoying the fruits of your lives and your, your wisdom. I know you guys were putting together, I don't know if you're done with it, you were building a, a condo, rebuilding a condo together. Now that usually, as a relationship coach, that's you know a no-no. That's going to kill a marriage right there. So how did that go for both of you? Is it done? Well, we're fortunate again that we have similar tastes. And no, it's not done yet. We're in the process. But we're looking forward to having our place. Yeah. And so I think that's, you know, where we can develop our life together and and uh, kind of leave the baggage behind, but not really disavowing it. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, adding to it, making it something new. Right. Does um you you are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, which tends to you know, it tends to maximize the use of all of its members. And so I sit here and I look at two super intelligent, motivated, faithful, loving of God and Christ, two humans that are so in love with their Lord. Um, are you afraid of how you're going to be used in the future? <laughs> no, well, we're, we're too busy worrying about the present. I was uh, smart. I'm, I'm in the, uh, in the uh, leadership here in our local congregation, our war, conducted the services yesterday on Father's Day, and uh, I took a little time to sit in on Gail's adult Sunday school class. Oh, great. So we're just doing uh, what uh, folks ask us to do. We're 
we're delighted to serve. We both have always been. And uh, frankly, if there are adventures yet uh, to be had, uh, we're anxious. We'll, we'll go for it. That's beautiful. Do um, you know, but you know, Kim, that Gail's an incredible Relief Society president. Well, I know that already. So you might want to just throw that out to the bishop, you know. I'm just saying. Don't say that too loud. They're looking for a new one. Are they? Oh, man, Gail. You better get moving, Gail. Um, Talk about, just as we wrap this up, I know that one thing that's near and dear to your heart is... um, is really your ability to serve the in the education foundation, some of those things that you're putting together, some of those non-for-profit organizations. Every time I drive by the BYU, up to my uh, my studio here at BYU Broadcasting, we always pass, you know, the Karen Gell Miller and Larry H. Miller uh, uh, baseball arenas and or baseball stadiums and. Your names are everywhere, but what else? What are your other plans, and, and how else are you, are you trying to serve and create scholarships and, and, ch- and change lives? Well, I, there are so many areas to focus on, but you can't do everything. So we focus mainly on women and children and health issues. We, um, anything that will benefit women and children, and we don't really neglect the men either. We do a lot of stuff with business schools. In fact, yep. at BYU, we, we help with their... Marriott School of Management, and so the areas that we really haven't ventured into a lot are some of the major things like homelessness, and there there are some big movements going on. I see us being involved there. It's beautiful. But there are certain things that can just take so much time and effort and money that, that you have to have large groups involved. Yeah. But I'm sure we'll be a part of that, and hopefully we can do some good things there. What um, what would you both say, just as we wrap it up, uh, what would you tell um, other widows, widowers that are in your situation, um, just others that have divorced, those that are single and are, you know, afraid, afraid to share their life with someone else, afraid to try it again? Any advice you have for them? Well, I know that it can go either way. You can either sit home and pine or you can say, I'm not doing that. I'm going out and having some fun. Yeah. What I did when, when Larry died, I realized that I, I needed to find out who I really was. I had been so intertwined in his life that I just made the statement, anybody that wants me to do anything, I'm game. Call me and ask me. <laughs> I had no intention of sitting around just waiting for life to happen. And I think that's an important concept. I do too. People don't think about you except in a sympathetic fashion. They don't realize that you still want to do things. You still want to have fun. You still want to be a person. Yeah. And I'll let Kim answer for him. And I also love that you have to go find out who you are because, I mean, you and Larry were obviously intertwined and maybe even overwhelmed at times or sucked into Larry's identity. But what's cool is you wanted to you wanted to find out who is Karen Gell Miller. Yeah, right. What do you think, Kim? Well, I... I, I had no preconceived idea about what my life would be other than I recognized there was going to be probably quite a bit of it. And uh, and I had uh, places I needed to go and responsibilities, and uh, I thought uh, that I would just uh, try to find my way. Uh, fortunately, uh, Gail was uh, right there in the middle of the road and yeah. she was kind enough uh, to... Uh, give me an opportunity to to try to uh, 
uh, impress her enough that I could uh, capture her attention. For, and it's uh, it's a grand story. It's been a it's been a great and wonderful blessing for us. Oh, it is beautiful. And you know what? I think for us as well, uh, those that are in the community that get to see you and to just see how and we we can see Greg and and some of Gail's uh, children, just wonderful children, very community oriented. And you're changing, you're changing a community. And Kim, I'm sure yours are equally as special and, um, and powerful. So, again, thank you. Just as somebody that gets to watch you out on the, uh, on the outside, uh, changing the world. Um, one last thing, real quick. Either one. I guess, Gail, you might need to do this because you're chairperson. Uh, prediction for the Jazz next year. <laughs> I see lots of good things on the horizon. I think we're poised to do some growth that will be uh, meaningful. Yeah. We have a coach now who is, I mean, I, I love Ty. Yeah. I think Jerry was great. But this is a new blood and a new focus, and I think we have some opportunity here that we haven't had, and I, I have great hopes for the new year. I won't say we're going to no. get to the playoffs. I'll but say we're it. We're going to be on our way. I'll say it for you, Gail. Yeah, we're going all the way. <laughs> We're, right. we're going all the way. Well, I say it every year and it never works for me, but we're still going all the way. Gail, you guys are beautiful. Thank you. Thanks for Thank sharing you. everything you've got. And just thanks for giving us 45 minutes to, to well, so we could all learn. Thank you. We Pleasure appreciate to be it. With you. Thank you, Kim. Gail, good luck. Best of luck to both of you. Well, that's yeah. it. See, it's just that big. It's that easy. You just changed the world. I love it. I love it. Good people deserve good things. And um, you're all good. Come on. Let's just dare, like Gail was saying. Put yourself out there a bit. Share yourself in order to find yourself. It might be a really good combination. Instead of pointing at yourself and trying to figure out what's going wrong, let's start putting ourselves out there and change other people's lives. We're taking a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk about sharing. Maddie's going to enlighten us as to what we shouldn't be sharing on our social media. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. everybody and good afternoon this is the matt townsend show i'm your host dr matt townsend your coach your guide on the side today we're talking about sharing your life just had a killer interview it was great did you hear that i did hear it i was listening oh so you, today you were listening to the show i listen all the time matt don't do that no really come on I listen even when I'm not here. Did you hear what I said earlier about advice for social media sharing? I did. And am I accurate that people love you to share thousands of pictures one at a time? No. No. That was dead wrong, which is why I'm really glad I'm here so I can help get you straight. Okay. Because it seems like if it's dead wrong, why do so many people do that? It's called this social media thing yeah. is new yeah. and people don't know how to use it. I, I do. No, people don't. don't. People really have no idea what appropriate usage looks like because it's so brand new. And in turn, we have this new – all the technology, all of the the new inventions that we have have made us want to share our lives more because other yeah. people are doing it. 
but because it's so new, we don't know what the rules are. And so it seems like a lot of the young kids are sharing way too much. Yeah. And being arrested or threatened to be arrested. <laughs> and some of the older people aren't sharing enough. So it's yeah. somewhere in between. Yeah. It's the probably people my is age that are the generation that are X. It oh, right. I don't know. I have some – I don't know what the, the right way to use it is. I'm hoping that everyone can come together and figure out what the rules are. I'll help you. But I have a few rules for you. What are the rules? That I want to share of what not to share. Okay. This isn't just for social media. This is in your life as a general rule, what you should be careful to share, I'm just especially tell over you, the radio. I think it's great. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you straight up right now. I like to share selfies and I like three you a day. You hate three selfies. A day, three selfies a day. You is that, hate selfies. Is that appropriate? You hate selfies, Matt. Okay. I know that's a lie. Good to know. And even if you did like selfies, that's not I also like to show the food I'm eating and recipes that I think are really oh, good. Matt, Matt, Matt. I, no. I take like in-progress pictures like this was before and after. Yes. Oh. Halfway done. Mm-hmm. You know, then you, have, mm. you get like four or five like posts of out craft. of one meal. Yeah. Like yeah. I always like Great. to clean my tub. I take a picture of the nasty tub, then I clean half of it, mm-hmm. and then I have a contrary. <laughs> you know, it's it's it's, it's, impre- it's Some yeah. things are okay to share. Okay. Let's share. So, well. No, don't be afraid. Okay. I won't be afraid. Just share it. But we're going to talk about what not to share. Okay. Let's first. go there. Let's go there. Personal conversations. Don't share them. Don't share them. Oh, like Stacy told me this. Yeah. Don't, don't say Stacy told me this. Don't snap a screenshot <laughs> of the personal, of the message and say, look what this person said. And some of those are really funny and you've all seen the, yeah. the iPhone fails or autocorrect fails. Some of them, you know. But like if your but kid if says something funny, if you're calling, it's funny. Well, no. Not even your kids. Okay. Listen to this. Teach me. So I don't know if you ever watched the show Arthur. Yeah. On Arthur, there was an episode where the mom was telling everyone something really funny the four-year-old daughter had done. That she'd eaten a green potato chip and thought she was going to (laughs) die. The mom was telling everyone in their town. Someone wrote about it in the newspaper because they're in a little town and it was really funny. And this little four-year-old girl was so upset. She was sad. She started crying because she's like, I don't know how everyone heard about this. That was the most embarrassing moment of my life. Ah. I seriously thought I was going to get hurt. So what you think is cute, you may be shaming your child. I I think some parents don't understand. Like them saying what their four-year-old did – yeah. When they're 16, they're not going to think it's funny. What if you make up names? Like my four-year-old child, Kike, said this. <laughs> and then no one knows if it was who Well, was how many Kike. four-year-old children do you have? Do you have? Like, well, no, but I'm sorry. I changed yeah. its age. And I, I'm doing it to protect the innocent, just like they I do on television. What you should do is in this instance, you can need to treat – and it, it doesn't have to just be about your kids. It could be something your friend said, your spouse yes, said. That's you good. kind of need to say, look – Will they think it's funny later? And if they're old enough, talk to them about it. Yeah, but they – I mean, yeah, but – yeah. Even a four-year-old can be pretty insightful when you say – Can I share this Do you care if mommy tells what you said? Would that be funny or would that make your feelings be hurt? And if they really were scared about something, they might say, no, that would mm-hmm. hurt my feelings. But if they thought they were funny and they wanted to be a clown and yeah. thought they were being hilarious, then that's whatever. That's good advice. But it's it's really important to keep your personal that's life very good advice. personal if it's going to hurt someone. And it might not hurt them today. And you but get it might permission. hurt them in a year. You got to have permission. Yeah, you need to have permission. That's cool. Um, don't badmouth people. Ugh. Yeah, don't Either have your... online or in But don't in have person. your fights on social media. Yeah, and, and I mean teenagers are really, really bad at this saying – I can't believe he broke my heart again. And everyone knows who they're talking about. And it's just big drama. Just don't. Uh, just try not to do it. Pity yeah. party. Yeah, yep. exactly. 
Yeah. I hate that. That's why we need a first-year law student. Because <laughs> exactly. that's the legal term, right? Pity party? Pity party. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The next one thing that you need to not share is details of your past. Why? What do you mean? I'm saying your kids don't need to know what you what kind of alcohol oh, yeah. you drank, yeah. what kinds of frat parties yeah. you went to, who you made out with that just moved in down the street. Right. They don't need to know. Your social media friends don't need to know. No, your spouse right. don't need Nobody to know. needs to know Nobody that. needs to Nobody know that. Nobody at all. I think we can say that. Yeah. So Nobody some details of your past life. They just need to remain in the past. Let's say nobody needs to, and let's say anybody that actually would want to, they're probably not a good friend. (laughs) They're just (laughs) anyone who would want to. You don't want to share that. Yeah, and they're trying to just feel better about their lives because they don't have yours. They're like, oh man, I'm so glad I'm not. And I just think there's ways you can teach lessons if you if you don't want your kids to go through the same hardships you did. You can teach them lessons without saying, and then I did this and this and this yeah. and this. In some ways that might enable yeah. them to say, well, you did it. You is did it, this and this. But is it okay to like go back to the 80s and show your big hair? Oh, yeah. And say flashback. Reminiscing with your kids is great. I remember so clearly in seventh grade, my mom let me read little pieces of her journal and I was like, oh my gosh, mm. she gets it. Yeah. She felt hmm. exactly the same way, but she didn't tell me every boy she kissed. Maybe, she didn't tell me this and that and the other yeah. of the details. Even with yeah. her first date with my dad, she didn't, you know, tell us all of the details of what happened. Right. But enough to let me know, okay, my mom gets it, but she didn't need to dwell on the mistakes she made to help me not make them. But don't you think we should publish your mom's journals as an ebook? No. I think she would because hate that. Because then everyone could access it. <laughs> Oh, I man. think she would hate All that. All my ideas are being shot down. Right. I'm well, sorry. keep trying. You'll like get one. You'll get clue. one eventually. <laughs> all right, you ready for the next one? Yeah, give one? me another one. Uh, all right, gloating. You don't need to brag. Oh yeah. Oh no way. Four four O students in one family. How there's blessed that. are yeah, we? Yeah, there's that. Which I while I think it's great to praise your kids. No. That's important. But you can do it in a way that's appropriate. Yeah. And don't do it. There's this lady whose blog I reads who complains about the it's good Meg. things her kids are doing. It's, it's Meg. not Meg. It's Meg Conley. Trust me, it's not Meg. It's Meg no, in progress. No, but she'll com. say, now I guess we have to go spend money on another prom dress because my daughter just got asked to the prom. Oh, And yeah. so she's complaining about it to try and make it less yeah. of a brag, but it's yeah. still a brag. Yeah. Life is so hard. My life's really hard. <laughs> I'm really, really tired because we just flew to Europe. Nobody cares uh, and nobody feels bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't glow in a way that you're trying to make people feel bad for you. It just doesn't work. See, nobody seems to be interested in my life. I think that's not true. You have a radio show. Well, they're interested in my show, but not my – because when I post something about my show, I get no comments. I I mean my life, and I get no comments. I think because maybe you need to be a little more open. About some things and I, I, a little well, less open about other things. I totally get it. But I'm always like, oh, my heck, this shirt's so tight on my big guns. <laughs> you are not like that at all. You're like that in person, not over I should do that media. more. I should do that more. <laughs> I agree. No. All right. One more tip. One more tip. I think the, the major tip is don't post anything you wouldn't want your mom or your grandma to read. My grandma's dead. Or you – okay. <laughs> Seriously? No. Don't – Post or say anything that you wouldn't want your mom or your dead grandma or your alive grandma to read. That's true. If that's you don't a want them thing. to see it. Or your see to me it'd be more like that you don't want your kids. Yeah, maybe to have it's to something that you don't want your kids your life. to Yeah. Because that's for, a big deal. I think it's important too to the older generation is a little less okay with some of the crazy things totally. we're doing. Absolutely. So if you think about dear old grandma, would she be a little 
embarrassed to read that you're doing that, yeah. maybe you shouldn't be saying it. Maybe or just you what you're wearing. It. Do people not notice what you're wearing? That's oh, another yeah. aspect of sharing yourself is your whole reputation. Yeah. What you wear, what you say, how you act. Can we all agree? All of that's important. Can we agree that you, you should, this picture should be banned? The picture of somebody's toes and the ocean. <laughs> I don't – it should be banned. You, sh- you don't need to see a toe shot no. with the that's ocean. Better, that's better yeah. than some things. I would take that over some other pictures that pop up on my Instagram feed any day. That's like, does this look swollen? <laughs> or <laughs> I just this had look surgery. Infected? Yeah, I just had yeah. surgery. Should or... I get days looked at? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That's so sad. I took a different option with the toe picture when my daughter went to the podiatrist. What? Yeah, it's that's the a toe ingrown picture. toenail. You took with the a doctor shot in the after. background. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, no, so, I'm know, glad that, I follow you on that Instagram. That sounds awesome. That's interesting to me. No, the rule of thumb: if you don't, if your mom wouldn't need to see it, you shouldn't say it. And if your boss wouldn't care about it, yeah, you probably shouldn't post it or say it. Hmm. People are looking. Yeah. That's how before we give we give Juan a job here we had to check his Facebook page yeah. and, and we my asked, toes and just we asked be, you to remove three toe shots. Mm-hmm. Just be self aware about you, what you say, about what you post, just about what you're sharing about your life because once you share it, you can't get it back. So just be aware. Maddie, you nailed it. I know. Thanks for sharing. No, oh, you're just welcome. don't go brag about this good segment on Facebook. Oh, I probably will. Hey, okay. by the way, is it true that your name is not Maddie, but people think that you get mad easily, so they call you Maddie? No. Just checking. You live in a town. That's why they call you Matt Townsend. What? <laughs> I'm trying no to close the rebuttal. Anyway, next time, hey, think out the rebuttal and come back and bring it to me. <laughs> Have your people come on. Okay. Well done, Maddie, who's not mad. Good stuff sharing. I, and I appreciate it, really. Again, eliminate all shots of your toes and the horizon. Rule. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back. Brooke Walker should be joining us. In the next few minutes, we're going to take a break, come back, talk to Brooke about, uh, you know, she's a celebrity, kind of a local celebrity, but there's a lot of stuff uh, she shares that maybe she doesn't want to share, that others are sharing about her. This is the Matt Townsend Show. More ideas on sharing your life right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, we're talking about sharing your life today. You know, it's just natural. You think because you have a life, you would eventually want to share it maybe with others or share it through a gift, through a talent. And in today's day and age, a lot of sharing is actually done for you, whether you want it or not. Uh, it's always fun to th- hear the old stories from the primary children in church. Uh, my favorite thing, whenever I would have a, a group of kids, I'd always, you know, tell me the dirt on your parents. And then the kids would just open right up. Yeah, well, my mom and my dad are fighting. <laughs> See, they just don't know when to share. Were you looking for new clients? Yeah. Is that what it was? Because okay. I found if I if I stir the pot properly, I could double my revenues. <laughs> <laughs> Marriage co- – and then I'd always just give their children a card. Here's my card. Can you give More that to candy. your parents? Yeah. They always say, Tell Can't me about we have your candy? mom and dad. Yeah, no, but hey, give, give your parents my card. They sound really messed up. So today we're talking about sharing your life. We had Gail Miller, uh, the chairman of the Utah Jazz, and her husband Kim Wilson on the phone. But on the phone right now is Brooklyn Walker, a.k.a. Brooke Walker. 
is her real name. She's uh, I've named her after a borough in New York, Brooklyn Walker. But Brooke is the host and executive producer of a lifestyle show called Studio 5 with Brooke Walker. It's the number one show here in uh, Salt Lake City. And she's also a member of the award-winning KSL News Team, works with Operation Smile and Primary Children's Medical Center. Brooklyn Walker, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hello, and all this time I thought I was named after a bridge. No. No. Just a borough. Suburb. Yeah, a borough. Okay. But uh, there is a bridge. Uh, maybe yeah. I, I ought to go with the bridge. <laughs> I have to think about that. Now, Now, here's what's funny, because you and I have funny little conversations now and again. The other yes. day, uh, have you ever heard of Facebook, Brooke? I, I think I've heard of it a time or two. Yeah. I'm not liking them right now. We're in a You're fight. Not liking Facebook yeah. right now? Yeah. Facebook and uh, the Matt Townsend Facebook page, we're not liking each other. <laughs> Why is that? Because they changed me from being a business to a community. And we changed us back to a business because we really are a business and that's how we Uh make our living. And anyway, when they change that, it changes all these different things. So I'm kind of mad at them. You're feuding with Facebook. I'm feuding. I'm doing it. I'm taking them on in a very nice way. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm trying to be friends. Sure. You're just trying to be a business. But one day a while ago, just last week, I'm sure you heard about this. um, There was, (laughs) and I'm not going to name anything, but there was a post of you. Uh-oh. That was a picture of you. Oh, yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah. Well, that just, yes. No, but that, explain well, it, because I didn't understand it, but I went and said, oh, no way, she's kind of winning an award for one of the 25-something no, or others. that's not what was happening. So, apparently, anyone, <laughs> the rules of Facebook are anyone who wants to take a photo and put it on their page, a photo of you, may I add, and put it on their page, you know, that's okay for a little bit. And, and typically it takes a while to track, track it down, if that yeah. makes sense. Oh, so, yeah. But they so take you, a star, a local well, star with a huge following because they, they want your draw. Yeah, they lifted my headshot and yes. they put it on an, a page that, shall we say, is littered with adult content. Yes, we shall say and, that. Yes, so by doing that, they tagged me. It went to all of my followers. I felt terrible because so many people inadvertently clicked over to yeah. this adult entertainment site. Yeah. <laughs> and all because my little picture was tagged. So it took a, it took a couple hours. It took a couple lawyers, but we got it down, and you, I think it's taken care of. Are you serious? You needed a lawyer. Well, I just wanted to get it done right away, right? That's so what you also... me can send an right. email, and that won't hold a lot of bite. But if a lawyer sends a cease and desist letter, yeah. letter it gets done a lot quicker. I bet you sent just an email... And everyone started jumping. I bet you just screamed well, from your chair. Well, this is happening a lot. I know. It's, you know, it's, oh, it's terrible. It's really terrible. By the way, I had a similar problem not on Facebook. But I, why I bring that up is because don't you think Facebook should be worrying more about that than bringing down then, a small business owner? Yes, absolutely. Boom. Absolutely. Take that. No, but here's what happened to me. So I sent out a link and my uh, server company that hosts my server had um, – some virus and somebody got in behind the firewall and polluted one of my links. So I would send couples a link to my website. These are couples that are struggling because some of their problems, their husbands would already have an addiction to pornography or things. And this was a site that went to a pornographic app. Oh no. And unless you erase your, your, um, your cash in your phone, it was only on mobile devices that had the problem. It keeps going back. It it keeps going back. And so, but again, this is me trying to just share to the world that I know you got to be careful. I, 
I didn't even know that picture was connected to that website yeah. until a follower, a friend, yeah. I don't even know her, but bless her, sent me an email and said, did you know that this picture was linked here? That's, I mean, I, I checked my Facebook pretty frequently, but it had happened, you know, in between an afternoon and I just missed it for yeah. a whole 24 hours. By so. the way, I thought you looked fantastic. Oh, thank you. I was the only clothed woman on the show. You were the only one with a collared shirt. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But you did look good. So, Brooke, you, though, as, I mean, and we don't ever want to just set you up as like, because you would hate the idea, but you're well known. You're well followed. A lot of people love you everywhere you go. But people can take your picture now and just, just even people thinking they're doing something good. Oh, here's a, I saw, get, look who I saw eating uh, an Inchorito. And they take your picture, and it's right when you're shoving an Inchirito in your mouth. It's not Always good. Always the most flattering moment. No, I don't have. I don't have paparazzi. Don't follow me like they do you, Matt Townsend. Oh, don't. They? Yeah. No, I don't. I'm not quite at that level yet. I got paparazzi left and right. <laughs> in fact, I got people taking my picture right now as we speak. So, Brooke, I, what too. what advice do you have for all of us? Just about careful what we should share. Well, I think obviously the lines have been blurred a lot. In, in the past couple of years. And what's interesting is when I entered into, so I'm in the television business, yeah. um, not the adult entertainment business as that picture. <laughs> to clarify. Yeah, I'm a journalist, <laughs> which has uh, someone who had, had some credibility up until a week ago. No, but I, it's changed so much since I went into the business nine, ten years ago. So it used to be that there was this wall between you and the community. And obviously Facebook, Instagram, it all really swelled in the last, you know, five to 10 years and it's totally changed the game. So now there are people out there that feel the need to share every little thing. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's done some good. Yeah. I also obviously think there's, you know, places and spaces where we could be a little more cautious and a little more limited, but overall I think it's a great opportunity if, if used well to connect and to open up and to be authentic and to share yourself with people in a way that you otherwise couldn't. Yeah. You have now a chance to influence lives and yet you also have a, a chance to really blow up your status your image in one bad share right you do have to be careful you have to be careful and and there are ways to search how your name is out there and how you know who's tagging you in what photo i mean a simple search can tell you a lot and i think it's always important you kind of hinted at this earlier um you don't know who's sharing what about you i think it's important to be respectful and ask you know if you're you're, especially if you're sharing photos of kids or your friend's family or in my case you know if i put a picture of me and my girlfriend out to lunch doesn't just go to me and my girlfriend circle at those, you know, obviously bigger and beyond. So I think there's some respect and some etiquette there that is still a little untapped and unlearned yeah. about how to ask and be appropriate when you're sharing other people's images and brand too. Because it's funny, um, you're somebody, I mean, it seems like even my wife, she she's very conscientious of it now, but it was yeah. never in her mind that there's a brand here. You know what I mean? Or that right. there's a... so. I found it. I even found it um, just with my my daughter wrote an article on me. Um, I read it. It was so great. I know. Has everybody read it? Have we told the listener land? We haven't. Uh, Need to read this article? No, but they should. They should. It's it's a great read. It was. It actually was. And I don't want to downplay. It was a it was a gift for Father's Day. But what I find is I I don't like my pictures taken anyway. And part of that's just because I'm I have a I have a psychological disorder about. (laughs) my own phobia of photos. I think I, I actually think it stills my soul. I think every time oh, someone boy. takes my picture, my soul has been my soul has been taken. It's oh, weird. There you go. It's, it goes back to the old ancient uh, That's times. The best excuse I have ever yeah. heard from yeah. a man not wanting to get his photo taken. That's what it feels like. Is I feel like my soul's being ripped from my 
body. But um, Steal my soul. Don't tell my husband that. I will yeah. never have a family picture. Does he do it too? Yeah, he's like me. But um, yeah. but I always found that like when my wife posts pictures of us, she'll take twenty, and in every one of them, she looks gorgeous. <laughs> okay, she looks gorgeous, and she's I look like, that, like I just yeah I don't know fell off the bus. <laughs> That's why she's taking twenty. She's hoping that one of the well I know, but I'm, but then I'm like, is that the best one of me? And then she looks at me like, oh, is it always about you, Matt? <laughs> he's a yeah. <laughs> Well, no, but just on my Facebook page, I'd like it to be. But um, do you ever, do you ever, you don't have that problem for some reason because you. Oh, whatever. Well, no, but you strike a good picture. I mean, yours would have to be taken accidentally without you knowing. I took a picture yesterday with a very prominent person that I'm pretty sure is good. I can't name names. I'm not going to name drop, but you would know him and he's very prominent, Mm. very prominent. And, but I'm pretty sure I messed it up. Oh, and it's, no. It's one of those that you pretty much get one shot because he's so prominent. Yeah. And I blew it. What, oh. What's your issue? Are you like an eye adverter? Do you close your eyes? Do you I, what? I, I think the word is twitchy. You're twitchy. I get a little twitchy. So I get nervous and I just, my wife's like, just say, just say peaches. So I'm always like, peaches. We need to teach you about the burst mode on your camera. Do you know about this? No. On oh. your phone, you have oh. an iPhone, right? Yeah, but hold your thought. You know what? what? I did hear they. Okay, we got to take a break. Burst mode. Save that. Okay. Well, You're, it's not that earth shattering. But no, okay. but no, but it is. She brought it up yesterday on the show when I was with her. Misty. Really? Are we talking about Misty? Yeah. Oh, Misty. Yes, she did. Boom. I know what you are talking about. Yes, okay. Save that thought. We're coming back, okay. Brooke. We're coming back. Uh, we're talking to Brooke Walker. She's she's the Brooklyn Bridge. In Utah. Or the Brooklyn Borough. Brooke Walker from Studio 5 with Brooke Walker. You got to go check it out at KSL.com. Um, we're going to take a break. Come back. Brooke's teaching us, you know, about sharing who you are with people. How to do so and not, you know, mess up your future. <sighs> Good stuff. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about sharing your life. You know, that's why we're here. We want to be able to share our our learnings, our ideas. Facebook's one way to do it, but, you know, sometimes you got to take a risk, and those risks are worth it. Other times, you're just going to embarrass yourself, which is what I do every time I take a picture. So um, we've brought on the, a pro. Brooke Walker's joining us, and uh, Brooke is – she's – a producer, an executive producer. She's an on-air personality, talent, we call her. She doesn't want to be called talent, but when Brooke walks in the room, we all know where the talent is. <laughs> the rest of us are like, is she the talent? Yeah. Um, Studio 5 is the name of her show. Studio 5 with Brooke Walker, and it's the number one lifestyle show in uh, Utah. I'll just say the greater Intermountain West. Um, she's also a member of the award-winning KSL News Team and works with Operation Smile and Primary Children's Medical Center. But Brooke, is uh, you were about to teach us a really important lesson to make our pictures work about shutter or something. Yes. 
Well, all of a sudden we took this really deep topic, how to share yourself yeah. when we're talking about how Shutter to look good in photos. But yeah. I don't know how it got there. So doesn't matter. Just go Here's with it. you do. When you're taking a picture with your iPhone, you press down, like where you'd push the picture, you hold it down instead of just press and release. Oh. And it goes into burst mode, mm. which takes like a bazillion photos a second. <gasps> I mean, it just goes boom, 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 boom. Yeah. So it's really helpful in two situations. One, when you're trying to catch your kids, like do something cute or fun or at least catch them with their mouth not open. Or two, when you're trying to catch Matt Townsend without his mouth open and his eyes open and somewhat smiling. (laughs) How long can you hold the burst button before? Because sometimes if you're waiting for me to shut my mouth, it could take a while. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I haven't tested the length of it, but I guess. You could put that to the, put but, that to the test, but there you go, burst mode. That's great. But the odds are there's going to be a very good picture in there. One out of a thousand, don't you think? I mean, one right. would work. I mean, you'll get like twenty a second. No, it's not yeah. that much. I think it's ten a second. Yeah. But it's just boom, 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 yeah. and then you have you know somewhere in there. Hopefully, you have a decent image you can right. share with the world. I'd hold it two hundred seconds, <laughs> and, and you'll get a good one. Okay, so now let's get back to the deeper side. What? Um, yeah. What, what do you see? Because as a journalist too, you don't even own your identity, do you? I don't. No. You're owned by KSL. I am owned. What I post on Facebook, what I share on Instagram, it's all wrapped up in a little contract and it has to reflect the, you know, the values, which my values are aligned with my company. So it's not that far of a stretch. But yeah, technically my brand online is an extension of my brand on TV. See, should I feel weirded out? Because my boss is here, by the way, in the studio with us and we won't make him talk, but I, they don't, they didn't want to own me. Like BYU's like, oh, I'm like, do I need to sign a contract or anything? He's like, oh, not really, you know, uh, not really. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I would, I wouldn't think too much about that. Okay, I just felt weird. I mean, I felt like you'd think they'd want to tie me down or something, but <laughs> but no, they're oh, fine. Anyway, oh boy, I think Don wants to say something. Hang on, Brooke, this could be a while. Don? Matt, huh? You're like a butterfly. You need to fly free. Yeah. Have you ever seen those zappers that that electrocute butterflies? (laughs) That was Don. That was deep. She says that was deep, Don. Thank you. That's why we call him Deep Don. That was good. So, Brooke, um, what else should we just do? As as people that are out there sharing our identities, I think if we took it almost as, as seriously as you do, your living is based on this. So we maybe, just as the lay folk, maybe we should all be as serious as you are about protecting who we are. Locking it down. Well, I think it's interesting because we use the word brand and it's typically associated with a company or, you know, with a personality. But at the end of the day, we all have our own brand, right? right? Our families have our own brand. We have our own brand. And so when you think about what you put out there, whether it be on Facebook, just in an everyday conversation at the grocery store, you know, it comes down to that integrity and those values. And you hope your brand is consistent with who you want to be, which is a, you know, good, respected individual. So I think that, I think that word brand sometimes is, is too narrowly applied, but yeah. really we all have our own brand. So how we represent ourselves, share ourselves should reflect that. What, um, what else do you see is keeping people back from sharing? I mean, you work day in, day out with tons of women and yeah. you're impacting the lives of tons of women. But what do you think is getting in the way of – because there are a lot of people out there that won't open up. They don't share who right. they are. Do you know one thing I think for women in particular – and this tripped me up several years ago, and it was a learning process to kind of get over it. But I think a lot of times because women wear so many hats, they feel like they need to have the right hat on at the moment. So ah. it's like if I'm going to play the role of PTA mom, I can only share – 
myself as a PTA mom, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm going to play the role as the next door neighbor. I'm only going to be the neighbor. And for me, when I first started doing TV and, and kind of putting my life out there in a more personal way, it was like, who am I supposed to be right now? Am I supposed to be Brooke the person or am I supposed to be Brooke the TV host? And it got to be really limiting, I think, in how open I was and how the keyword is authentic I was. But I think if we stop looking at it like we're wearing all these different hats and who am I in this moment and who, you know, who should I be representing and sharing in this particular role? I think if we just, you know, become a little more true to ourselves and authentic and just wear one hat proudly, we don't have to spread ourselves out and, and, and it allows ourselves to open up a little bit more because we're solid in who we are in all situations. Oh, I love that. Sense. Oh, totally. And I guess that's where it takes some time is I have to spend some time and go identify. That's what Gail Miller was talking about earlier, that when she, when Larry had passed away, you know, Larry was a mm-hmm. big, big, big personality. And right. with big goals and big energy, and when when she had been kind of intertwined into that, and that's just what happens. That's why we're married. And but right. she had to go kind of dissect and figure out what, who is Gail Miller, and so what am I about? Yeah, yeah. I remember distinctly hearing Gail speak at a women's luncheon up at the Utah Governor's Mansion. This was six or seven years ago, and she spoke to that very very point, and it, it really resonated with me. And I remember her saying, "If I let myself get caught up." too much in Larry, her husband's world, then I would just become Larry's wife, which wasn't a bad thing. Yeah. But in this luncheon, too, she shared how she was able to kind of dig inside and identify who she was and develop her own identity. And I think it's that same authenticity that we all need to seek after and kind of firm up and get solid so that when, you know, situations come where we're asked to share of ourselves, it's so much easier to do if you know who you are first. Because I, I think being afraid to be vulnerable also sets us up to not just not share ourselves, but in there's certain moments where we somebody needs to step up and say something. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to put themselves out there and say, you know what, I think this is wrong. And a lot of times in the social media world, you'll see a lot of people with opinions, but they aren't always the ones that you respect necessarily. Right. And so, right. but and then I kind of see that a lot of the people that we respect fade a little bit, and they don't necessarily put their opinions out there. And I guess that's to be expected. But you also have to know when to lay down your line, too. Yeah, and to put it out there. And it it comes down to, I remember a church leader I respected recently talked about moral courage. And I think it comes down to that courage of heart to speak up and say what you believe and say what you are, even in situations where it might not be popular, it might not. You know, you yeah. nailed it when you said sometimes the, the vocal minority is best represented. And so for the rest of us to speak up and say say what we're thinking and say who we are sometimes takes a courage. And it, it's a process, like Gail Miller talked about, of discovery and really cementing who you are so you know how, how to represent that out in the real world. Hey, any ideas on how to morally shut down the vocal minority? <laughs> Moral, how to what? How to morally shut down the vocal minority, because they just keep going. It's it's almost like they'll. It sounds rude, but they just. Some people. I just wish I was as courageous as others, who just don't seem to care. Right. They don't care. I'll tell you one thing that doesn't help is ignoring it. I think sometimes we kind of just wave our hand and close an eye and think, "Oh, whatever, go away." But it really does. I think that you know the voice has to get louder in terms of our voice and our presence and our. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think we're too bashful, we're too shy about expressing what we think just because we're even part of the majority. Yeah, no, I agree. And and then, we, yeah, we even assume what we like. We all know what the majority means. Right. Like, like we assume we're all in the same boat, but we're right. all we individuals. Everyone knows 
and is thinking what we yeah. are. But if somebody doesn't say it, then it just goes unexpressed. Hey, I've sat on set with you before, and I, I yes. have a feeling, I don't know if it's true, but so confirm, um, that when I kind of get there, and we're going to talk about anything that has to do with Brooke, uh, and I'm on the set, I have a feeling you're a little more tense than normal. <laughs> is that true? It just seems like you're a little bit like, I don't know what he'll say. Because he says well, the dumbest things. But kind of are a loose cannon. No, no, no. I've gotten, though, I think a lot more comfortable. No, that. that wasn't that wasn't natural for me in the beginning to yeah. share. Well, you were, you you're know, a news person. You're not supposed to share your side of the story. Right. But I'll tell you when it really paid off. So it, it would work, I'm not going to lie, to open up and to be authentic and to share that side of myself and my personal life with viewers and with our with our audience. But I'll tell you, when I, I got married about a year ago, and yeah. I got married in my late 20s, which here in Utah is pretty much like, like, it's like a, a grandma away from an old maid, you know? Sure. Yeah, I was a grandma. But I, it was so rich. It was such a rich, rewarding experience when that happened, because up until that point, I'd kind of opened myself up a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Yeah. And to celebrate something like that with people that maybe I didn't know well, but I had tried to open up to over the years, yeah. was so rewarding. I mean, it was so, it was just, it was that much more blissful. I remember that. To be able to share it with people. That's when, because see, I always looked at you like a, um, like a caterpillar in a cocoon. Oh, really? And I could always hear you fighting in that other chair next to me. I could always hear you wrestling and fighting. And then finally you broke out like a butterfly. Well, thank you. Yeah. I don't know if you're being sincere or not. No, I totally I was. take it as a compliment. No, and then do you remember that big seagull swooped down and ate you? Um, but it's a great, no, it's a great metaphor. And honestly, Brooke, though, there, there's something too about eventually once you know who you are and you, then you risk. And what's so cool about risk that I see in relationships is when we're willing to risk, that's when we can actually, that's the risk. And then someone honoring us with commitment and allowing the risk yeah. to be safe. That's when intimacy is created and closeness. And that's when I think your viewers kicked in on a whole new level. Oh, thank you. Boom. And I, it, it's it's a double, it pays both ways. Like oh, I yeah. feel it and I hope they do. And anyway, and, and it's, you know, it, it seems maybe a little different when you hold it up there in the TV land example, but I think it applies to all of us it in does. our everyday lives just to open up to people that we might not, it, you know, expect ourselves to connect with and a really cool connection might, we might surprise ourselves. Oh, totally. And Brooke, mo- most importantly about today, I'm just grateful you cleared up the idea that you are a you're a television personality, you're a news reporter, you are not an adult site entertainer. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity in the platform <laughs> to confirm yeah. to society that no, yeah. that is not part of my, my night job. Brooke, Brooke Walker, not in that business. Um, well done, Brooke. You're the best. They, sh- they should go look you up at uh, ksl.com forward slash Studio 5. Am I right? Hey, yes. And they need to go look up that article by your daughter. So you need to yes. them, let uh, them know where to find that. that. That can be found, I think, on my Facebook page. Good. It was so well done. It's a keeper. Brooke, you're the best. Thank you. Thanks. Go take a break. Good Will stuff. Do. She's the bomb. Bomb. Okay. There you have it, Brooke. The pros teaching us how to share. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk all together, a little roundtable here about sharing with the group. Have you ever met that person that just shares way too much in the group? I think I am that person. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM. Juan's mad and he's turning up the volume. Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're wrapping up our show today on sharing your life. And uh, we're going to do a little roundtable here, give everyone a chance to share their life. And um, I'm just going to check my little rearview mirror. Yes, uh, Mike and Aaron are there. We're going to go around and let everybody share something very private, something personal, something that they have never shared with anyone on the radio. I personally have shared everything. I've shared everything. Except for my one thing that I didn't share. But I don't know what it is. So we're going to go around the table. Who wants to go first? Who wants to be the first, uh, you know, the first to share? I'll go. Um, is that Aaron? That's me. It's Aaron. Okay, cool. Aaron, what, I, what have you got? I want to be a DJ on the weekends maybe. Just, you know, I like music. I like remixing and like kind of doing, doing what Juan does, you know, at the end of shows. Just bringing in the music nice and hard. Like no, even doing, in the middle of the that. show. You you use just, it to send messages when you yeah. need to. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Juan's a passive-aggressive you know? board op. Yeah, that's me. But I want you guys to give me a DJ name. Ooh, DJ Aaron. Um, mm. We'll work on it. A-A-Ron? A-A-Ron? I get that a lot, but it has to DJ have some like... DJ A-A-Ron. Like Yo. DJ Fresh, DJ... DJ Ra, or something, I don't know. Something DJ, DJ catchy. D- uh, DJ... Whitey. White. DJ Whitey. DJ Whitey. White Aaron. That's... Aaron. Okay, Mike's turn. Okay, Mike. You want to be a DJ. That's easy. Okay, that's cool. That's a great little... That's great. I was trying to think of something that maybe you guys didn't know about me. Did you know that I was Finnish... Or I am Finnish club president? Yeah. BYU? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) When did you start? I started about eight months ago. Is there anybody else in the club, or are you no, the only that's one? The yeah, funny thing. Eight, Seventy to eighty members right now. No, come on. Right. No. Yeah, come there's on. there's a large uh, Finnish population in Utah. Come on. And there's a lot of Finnish speakers on BYU campus, and so there's a, a need for it. And I speak Finnish, so tell tell them tell them for the other thing. What other thing? <laughs> tell them the other thing that you don't like oh. to talk about. Oh, um, the, pol- the the police thing. I'm Native American. No, that's not it. No, I am. Did you know that? Did you're you know the first. You're, you're what we call a finished Native American. Oh, gosh. This is not funny. I know. So we all knew that. Didn't we know that? I don't think I T- talked tell about the that. I knew it. Often. Tell them the thing that nobody talks about that Maddie always writes in her blog about you. What is it, Maddie? Just you tell them, Maddie. Oh, when Mike went to jail? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't know what Matt's talking about. I don't actually. know what she's talking about. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Native American. That was it. That was good. <laughs> Matt, are you feeling all right? I, I'm dizzy. I was just looking in my rearview mirror. <laughs> um, Maddie, what do you? What's your? What's your little secret? So my secret is that I want to write a book. Really? 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 What about? Well, I've had several ideas um, of of books, so I'll probably write like seven just to get all of the ideas out. Wow, why why don't you just start with one? Well, I will, but I don't know if you know end. this. Uh, I don't want to brag or anything, but I've written a book. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, never heard of it. It's incredible. <laughs> it's it's for people in relationships. Oh. That's probably why you never heard of it. Uh, <laughs> or because it's not any good. <laughs> but it's a great one. It's a great book. I'll, I'm going to give it to you when you get married. All right. I'm giving it to oh, DJ Aaron. Oh, wait, are Aaron. you saying you're going to come to my wedding? Will you be there? Can we sell this right now? <laughs> I um, get the book for free? Yeah. Really? You get married, you Is get Is that my book. wedding gift from you, Matt? That's 
That's or was it that hundred dollar gift card to that one store you promised? I can't remember which one it was. Uh, you can clarify if you want, though. Yeah, I'll, let me clarify. Yeah, it has nothing to do with that. Oh, okay, you're not okay. going to get that. Oh, yeah, you're getting a book. It, okay, you might get an audio if you're really good, and you're going to get one too, Maddie. Thank you. No, but I'm going to write my own. Okay, then... what book? You don't know what it's called. Well, I mean, are, I have... are you talking like? I mean, I want to write novels. I think that those would be really fun. I to brought write. you two. Did you see the two books I brought you? No, I brought you two books because I know you love novels. No, you didn't. Right there, that's Sean. Um, that's cool. Okay, so we're all behind you. Thank we're going to hold you accountable to to that little truth that we didn't know about. Juan, mm-hmm. good, right? I have a closet fascination with bluegrass music. Really? Yeah, I never told anybody, but the story how I got into it, I was looking for Led Zeppelin stuff online, and I found out that there is a band who did a whole album of bluegrass covers of Led Zeppelin, singing in all with the harmonies. Really? And it is amazing. Does it sound good? It's incredible. Do you know how to play um, a banjo? No, but I've been working on it. I Have need to buy really? a banjo, and then I can work on it a little better. That's um, huge. But yeah. Plus, you can use your guitar that Dad made. Yeah, that's right. I got a guitar. I got a banjo. I've got a fiddle. This is because when you play bluegrass, it's a fiddle. Right? Yeah, it's not a violin. There's there's a difference. Oh, is that the difference? I mean, it's the same it's instrument. The same thing. But Ask your dad. He would. You got to call it a fiddle. Yeah. if it's bluegrass. So. It's like yeah. Wow, you guys have some really hidden secrets. I, I'm kind of embarrassed. Why? Brought it up. That's but. a great secret. None of us so far. No one. I mean, Mike's was weird, but no <laughs> one's has been like out of the norm. This is good. This is really good. Sean? What? Well, you got one? Oh, I can neither confirm nor deny that I have anything to say. What, are you a first-year law student now, mm-hmm. like yeah. one? Mm-hmm. I think that's his secret. He's part of the FBI. <gasps> that's what so he wanted to be. So we can't I bet he wanted to be a spy. <laughs> no. No, I, you wanted to play pro ball, pro baseball. I would have loved to have played pro baseball, yeah. That would have been a lot of fun. So what's your secret? I don't really have a lot of secrets. <laughs> Come on. I share a lot of stuff. Come on, share the one. You already know that I won the freckle contest at the county fair. Yeah. Did you really? When I was 10, yes. What happened? What happened? I went on stage. They asked me a few questions. (laughs) The judges voted, and I won. Wait, you were asked questions about your freckles? Yes, they had a Miss Congeniality. (laughs) (laughs) Really? No. And you said world peace. Exactly. (laughs) Well, that's cool. Uh, I don't have any secrets. Yeah, right. I have uh, one time I rode my bike because I was watching the ground instead of watching forward, looking forward. Mm-hmm. I was looking at the ground because it was mm-hmm. fascinating me how fast the ground was passing by my tires. And what did you hit? I hit a Jeep. Oh. And then I uh, – it was – my face was ripped off. <laughs> so this face is not my real face. You had some a transplant? Of you like, I was going to say, yeah. It was, what were you going to say, Juan? Uh, a lot of things, but we don't have time. OK. Good timing. Uh, and I, it was during the Sonny and Cher show. That I was recuperating. I got you, So babe. you know I got you, babe, I back, got you, backwards babe. and forwards. It brought me back from death. <laughs> I was breathing through a tube. I, by the way, didn't need to be, but I had a tube. It was a straw. You just liked how it whistled as you breathed. And I thought, because I, I could hardly open my eyes, and I was at home and pretty much abandoned. I think all my sisters had left because they didn't care, and they were putting stuff down my tube. Um, and then all of a sudden, I got you, babe, came on. And right then, I thought... You know, I wanted to be sunny. Because you wanted Cher. Because Cher <laughs> was a very nice person. Mm-hmm. And she could sing. That's my secret. And I'm sticking to it. There you have it, folks. That's it. That's all the secrets you're getting out of us. Here's a quote as we wrap up the show. The smallest act of kindness is worth more than the greatest intention. 
Oscar Wilde. Mm. Good stuff, folks. We're out of here. Thanks for uh, sticking with us as we worked on sharing with each other. Tomorrow, dating and relationships, do values matter more when it comes to dating or do they influence your choice in marriage? We're talking about values and dating tomorrow. More ideas, more tools right here on the Matt Townsend Show, hoping to give you a leg up in this crazy thing called life.